audio is live. All right. Hello and welcome to Fade to Obsidian, the podcast from the Howler's Den, looking at ships uh, from the Red Rising Saga, so relationships and spaceships. Uh, so we always start our podcast with by asking our guests uh, who they are, and we obviously everyone watching knows who you are, but explaining their Howler name. So we're going to quickly do a who we are, and then we'll, we're going to ask you, Pierce, who you are. So I am Skipper. Uh, I got my Howler name because I showed up drunk into the den the night of the Bacchanal and uh, drank a little too much and agreed to sail everybody around North America, hence making me the Skipper. So Crescent, why are you Crescent? Uh, I'm Crescent because I'm a big fan of pralines. Uh, and there's a large praline company down in Louisiana called the Crescent City Praline Company. And I carry a crescent wrench every single day of my life. So nice little unintended side meaning. How about you, Salem? Um, I'm Salem, and I actually was named by some personal friends of mine. Uh, they, for all of my witchy tendencies, they decided to grant me my name Salem. Pierce, why are you Howler 1? I guess because I have this. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you you can claim that I'm not, but I still have this. Um, but by the end of this, I think you guys gotta give me like a um secondary name. Oh. So the people Ooh, in the that's chat. A big honor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh presuming okay. I wasn't Howler One, I have to have a name. So that yeah. is the challenge at the end of this mm -hmm. when we sign off. I will sign off as that. I like it. I like whatever it. it is, whatever it is, I will sign off. <laughs> Okay, noted. The other question we always ask is, what are you drinking tonight? Me? I'm drinking yeah, Casamigas Reposado tonight. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I've been getting heartburn from the whiskey, so I've had to ease back a little mm. bit. I know, but, I know Lauren would be disappointed, but here we are. I know, well, I, they have a fancy drink they'll explain in a moment, but I only just got into Halifax because I'm on vacation, and I do have the Lagavulin because it was the oh, easiest do. thing for me to yeah. get, yeah. Yeah. Brand new bottle. Still some of that rattling around uh, the, uh, what is it? The, never mind. Spoiler shit. Never mind. Forget it. Sorry. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Crescent and Salem, what do you guys have? Um, we both are drinking the Fabled Spirits drink that they made for us, the Ragnar. And it is mostly alcohol. Mostly alcohol. Almost exclusively <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> I think the only thing is the lemon juice and, um, and simple the, syrup. Simple syrup. Great, this will get interesting. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and my backup drink is a special edition 12 year old Lagavulin. <laughs> Look at you guys, disciples of Arcos, all. Yes, yes. Love well, it. Well, we knew what we were getting into, so. Fair enough. We, we had to step wow. up. All right. Okay. Um, so, from our beginning list, um, we were just talking about how we named the people of the den. That way we're not just going by usernames. So we give them howler names. Um, we have a big long list of a questionnaire that they fill out so that we can get to know them better. And if we can't base something off of that, we'll wait till conversation later happens. So we pulled three questions from that big long list. This is fitting. Good. So yeah. I get to answer. Is this rapid you fire? You get to answer that. You can take uh, I mean, they're, yeah, they're kind of open-ended, so. 
Okay. Uh, first question. In case of a zombie apocalypse, how are you prepared? If we're all teaming up, what do you bring to the team? Uh, um, hmm. Besides someone to chronicle the journey and the victories and the defeats and to lend a narrative to an otherwise hideous future, uh, I bring uh, fire starting skills. Um, I have a oh, I have quite a few uh, earthquake bags in my in my house, and I have uh, a zombie chopper. And uh, as you guys know, I have a very very intimidating uh, guard dog. Um, mm. She's 20, 20 yes. pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. That's what I bring. <laughs> Love it. Um, question number two is if you could have any mundane superpower, like always hitting green lights or getting the best parking spots, what would it be? Or do you already have one? And what is it and why? Oh, I mean, it's hard not to go with green lights, isn't it? Um, <laughs> that said, no, I'd have the superpower of making anyone at any time be able to, uh, to they would spill their drink. You just twitch a finger. And so <laughs> but this, this is a, this is a remote power. That um, is a howler power. It'd be great. <laughs> I would, uh, and I do it all the time, like via the, you know, television, whenever someone's being smug or something, red wine on the shirt. It'd be great. That's fabulous. I like that one. Yeah, I'd be a typhoon of mischief. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) All right. Last question for this section is, you have sold your soul to the devil. What did you sell it for? Pulse boots. No. Grab, grab boots. All right, pulse boots. Yeah. Grab boots. Same difference. <laughs> they started as pulse boots. <laughs> then I was like, "Let's gravity grab boots." Um, no, it would probably be the ability to once a week rewind time uh, fifteen minutes. You can only use it once a week though, because I can't, you know, get into a, a loop of uh, power abuse here. You know, it'd be too much if you could do it all the time. But once a week, I'd like mm, twice a week, twice a week. I mean, it is my soul. It is the devil. Yeah. So twice a week. Yeah. I like it. I, right? Yeah. I could do much with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, some getting to know you questions. So it looks like you've been traveling a lot recently. What is your favorite place that you've traveled so far? Ever? Ever. Hmm. I want to say something super exotic, but honestly, the Cascade Mountains of Washington are really up there for me. Um, I feel really at peace there, but, uh, I think that, uh, Greece would probably be my overall favorite. I just, you know, when that sunlight hits you and you're, you know, in the, amongst the ruins, of uh, a lot of the stuff I read about as a kid, it's pretty special. Yeah. What's or, your favorite or, spot up in the Cascades? Or the West Coast of Turkey, because there's a the town Ephesus there. It's pretty neat. Uh, favorite spot? Um... I wouldn't be able to tell you off the top of my head because I, I did, <laughs> no, I only gone up there twice, um, and it's recent. Um, I spent more time in the Olympic Peninsula, uh, hiking mm. around the Ho Rainforest and on the coast, and doing that. I think it's the Seven Lakes hike. Is that? A, I think oh. that's a Olympic. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's and, up there. Yeah, yeah. Seven Lakes was really nice. I did that loop for a couple times because my folks used to have a house out there. But then um, in the, we I went up with my friend uh, Nathan Phillips, uh, Joel Phillips's brother. And we did a hike last year and saw like, you know, 11 uh, brown, uh, black bears uh, and these like blueberry oh. fields. And yeah, it was just this nice oh. little respite in the middle of writing because I was, I was pretty deep in the book at that point. And so, uh, you know, Halcyon Memories, but apparently I don't remember the name of the place I went. It's Nathan, <laughs> I, 
I could phone a friend, but you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Ooh. All right. Cool. Um, Hopefully well, that helps in lending me a name. Yes. They're, I can see the, the chat yeah, and they're, the they're chat heavy on it. They're... they're heavy on it. Good, good. <laughs> I wish so, I could side eye it at the same time, but then I'd become performative. So I'm trusting yeah. you. Crescent, you got right, something next, for me? Yeah, yeah. next, next yeah. question. Uh, if it doesn't compromise your privacy, what is the most interesting thing you can see out your office window? Ooh. <laughs> wow. It depends. Um, so I live with hills around me, and sometimes there are some very um, interesting things happening through windows. I mean, I don't have a telescope or anything pointed that direction. It's pointed up at the moon because, you know, I'm not a creeper. But I would say that sometimes you see some very funny parties uh, of two. So that would be the most interesting probably. Or, you know, uh, perhaps the coyotes who come around um, and, like, just seem like they're, you know, waiting outside, kind of like the jackals from uh, the Lion King for my um guard dog you know i think they think she's pretty or looks tasty one of the two <laughs> one of the two yeah. Uh -huh. yeah yeah um, then we have a special little feature that um we asked a bunch of people from in the den what burning questions they had for you so this one was a good getting to know you and this is from scarlet what was your first D&D &D character's lineage and class? Uh, uh, mine was a, uh, pa was it a pa uh, pacifist uh, uh, warrior? So it would have it would have been a barbarian. I think. Gosh, it was like twelve. Pacifist barbarian. I went for some contrast. Uh, their lineage, I don't really remember. I think they were from like I think I based it off of. Uh, Conan the Barbarian, so, you know, he's a lineage of like, uh, conquerors. I thought Conan was a conqueror back then. I'm not sure if he actually is, according to canon. But, uh, yeah, he wasn't very useful, though, because he, he was a pacifist and he was too big to do much. <laughs> and he didn't have really relevant skills. Like, he was really, he could be violent. He had great capacity for it. He had, like, 18 strength or whatever. But, you know, so I'd break down doors mostly or, like, lift boulders out of the way. I couldn't fight anyone. It was pretty worthless. To be honest, it was a really boring campaign. For me. And then there's a, a utility part two. barbarian. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was before. I was very literal. My I me, mean, my first short my first short story was Journey to the Cent Journey to the Bottom of the Earth because I was plagiarizing Journey to the Center of the Earth and I didn't oh. really realize the earth technically wouldn't have a bottom then, you know. Uh, anyway. Um okay, bottom, and then there's flat, a right? Yeah. Yeah. I was five. There's a part there's a part two. Also, what's your favorite D&D &D character you've ever played? Oh, that's always has to be the Bard. Um, you know, I haven't played D&D &D in quite a long time, but uh, Avery and the Bard was uh, funny. Um, he wheeled the, the dual uh, violins um, because he had such dexterity. He could play two violins at once. No? Oh. Yeah. He was, very he was very popular with uh, the non-player characters we encountered. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't um, love a man with clever fingers? There you go. Dexterous. And then the last. <laughs> Shopkeepers. That's it. <laughs> True. The yeah. last portion of this is um, a question. That I'm 
piggybacking off of is uh, we've heard you've been looking into playing a campaign again. Do you already have a character you've created that you want to play? No, I think that um, otherwise I'll overthink it. And it's kind of like um, I never know really what I'm going to order on a menu until there's the waiter standing over you, you know, <laughs> and you're looking up at them and you're terrified of balking. So then you really figure out what you want. And uh, then you shout after them about five seconds after they had left. No, but I really want the Caesar salad. Um, so I will do that with my character. It'll be in the moment and it has to be whimsical and I may regret it later, but it has to be like that because <laughs> I'm a pantser. Nice. Just to shout out to the chat, the leading um, howler name at the moment, or at least mm. what they're talking about, is Bardbarian. To combine oh, those two, that's they're going on oh, about that one right wow. now. So we'll let them continue to stew. Yeah, but yeah. I think I should. I think I should write my next book with like a chat in the corner. You know, every <laughs> every thirty minutes, they get to critique what I'm doing, and it'd be so much funnier. Oh my god! <gasps> I'd also go insane, but you know, the price we pay for creativity. Yeah, I've also seen Scrivener come up. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, do not bring up Scrivener. Scrivener is the reason this book is like so much delayed. Uh, I wrote on Scrivener, and it was horrific. It was a horrific experience for me. I'm not even joking. It was like, well, I would say that it ate up about a year and a half of like uh, time because Scrivener's not like for some reason seeing those thumbnails of all the chapters made me turn turn me into an editor instead of a writer, and it was awful. So don't can't be Scrivener. Hey. Barbarian. Barbarian's in the lead. If you guys can do better, great. But you heard the <laughs> no Scrivener. No Scrivener. Yeah, Fuck Scrivener. Get on that. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm about to I'm, I'm about to fight something. <laughs> Seven other drinks. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I drank all my tequila. I want to be lucid for you guys. All right. Fair enough. Well, that makes it one is all right that I feel angry. <laughs> do not fight the anger. This feeling is valid. Okay. There we go. All right. All right. Like Next one. Um, if we were to read mm. something other than Red Rising as a group uh, in the den, what books would you recommend? Mm. Ooh. Ender's Game. It's so mm. fun. So fun. I think a lot of us read it when we were kids. It'd be fun to like look back on it and see the critique of the military industrial establishment, you know? Um, I think Ender's Game would be great. Or something like um something that rings a bell for everyone. Like, you know, uh some people will be new to it, but uh if it's nostalgic, I find it's more fun because you can then discuss how it's changed since you read it when you were younger. Plus the Venn diagram of Ender's Game and Red Rising is pretty similar, so I imagine some people most people will be interested in it. Yeah, I feel like Absolutely. while we go through, we've been doing the read-along and a lot of people have pulled out Ender's Game and Dune as the two that like really stand out of. Yeah, Dune doesn't crackle as a read, though, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I love Dune. Uh, read it quite a few times. And uh, and I don't know if it stimulated the, the, the excitement and discussion the same way. It, it could, actually. It might be a, a theoretical discussions. There's a lot of heady stuff in there that might be really fun. Oh, actually, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> we are called Fade to we're called Fade yeah. to Obsidian because it's the sex scenes don't actually appear. That one would completely change. We'd have to rename the podcast. I'm just saying, what stimulates <laughs> conversation? Like a little discomfort. 
Yeah, we do have a rose garden um, chat that is 18 plus. So we, oh. yeah, we'll just stick NSFW. Yeah, yeah oh, interesting. Yeah, we'll stick that one in there. I'm not going to yeah. poke around and look what's going on in there after this. No, I'm not. I'm going to go play with my dog. It's yeah, fine. Totally. We totally didn't give you complete and utter Imperium over yeah. there. Yeah, I want to see what you oh. sick and twisted people are up to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Snoopy barbarian, okay? All right. Yeah. All right. Do you guys have any other getting to no. know you questions? No, I'm good. Okay. What's the best thing? Right, now we can proceed. We can proceed. <laughs> yeah, Good God. I'm allowed into the inner sanctum now, guys. It is me. Yes. yes. This is not AI me. Though in five years, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Yeah. It's getting scary that way, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, pretty soon, you guys will be able to put um, basically a writing prompt into chat GPT and like have all the sequels you want to Red Rising. Yeah. That's what's going to be really crazy. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. Yeah. So I gotta hurry. Well, I still have a job. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't come from you, I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Sweetie. Just just what to say. I love it. Yeah, we're gonna have books and it'll be we're gonna have books and it'll be I swear to God, this will happen. It'll be like organic book on the cover. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Oof. No. Weird, right? Very weird. All right, moving on to some of the other den burning questions. So, of course, now it's all coming to books. Um, and I have one from Valkyria. I love languages, and I would like to know what the languages of the society sound like. Um, variable. Every um, every planet would have a different um, pronunciation of words and different accent, as would each probably continent on each on each planet um in my head the uh certain areas small some of the smaller cities on the continent uh, where g is located uh were colonized by the english so like yorkton and they would have uh, accents that are reminiscent you know, of english accents however it's kind of a flawed concept because um studies kind of have shown that uh English, modern, sorry, American, uh, American English sounds more like what the British English would have sounded like in the 1700s. And so things change with time. So uh, I would say use your imagination as most as possible. Uh, for me, the Reds uh, always had an Irish brogue to them, mostly because in the, you know, the history of the Red Rising world, the first, um, the first Reds were uh, the Irish, after they had to uh, leave Ireland due to the nuking of uh, the United Kingdom. And so uh, the radiation forced them to become a migrant workforce. And that was emulating, of course, the Irish immigration to the United States in the 1800s. And so for me, the Reds always had that kind of uh, Irish brogue to them. And since they're in a closed ecosystem, I imagine that their, their accents wouldn't evolve as much as people on the surface. Um, as far as you know, uh, when you get out to the uh, the Rim territories, in my mind, the the Raz or the Raz, uh, according to Red Rising lore, uh, were a mixture of South African and Japanese descent. And so, whatever that accent sounds like, I don't know. But the thing is, and the interesting thing about it, and it's fun, is is that Red Rising is basically a transliteration, uh, or a translation rather, 
because uh, they're speaking common. They're not speaking English. English is referenced as a dead language. Obviously, it's written in English because I speak English and I don't speak common. But I wanted something where, um, you know, in Rome, since the society is based off Rome and you had the, the Pax Romana, you had a sort of homogenization of culture during that time period. And what I wanted was to have a common language and not be that. I mean, you already have the colors that are uh, showing differences between people, uh, characters. You already have the planets from showing char character differences. I didn't want language to impede as, as well. Yeah. Hopefully that answers your question. Great. Mm -hmm. Next one comes from Tower. So is there a reference or Easter egg or act of foreshadowing that you're particularly proud of that no one's caught yet? Yes. Is it one that you, you can just... share or are no. willing to share? No one's caught it yet. No. How many? Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, how got, many I've, and in what books so we can do a deep well, dive? Here's the thing. I've got a few, but I also don't know what you guys are discussing in that rose garden of yours. You know, <laughs> so you might have gotten it. You might have seen through the subtext and known mm -hmm. that it's all, it's not going to end. It's, it's going to end with a bang. <laughs> Never mind. I was going to say it's going to end in this huge orgy, and that, it, that's how the book ends. And I'm like, then I'm like, no, that's too gross. I'm going to say it ends with a bang, and I'm like, then I laughed. Sorry. <laughs> a lot of bangs. No, we're list we're uh, listing as 18 plus on YouTube. Yeah. So okay, good, good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'd say there's a few out there. It, it's funny, like uh, my exposure to fan theories is pretty much uh, limited to interactions like this or things in person. Because I, you know, uh, stay away from uh, Reddit and uh, other places because it can throw you off the scent of your own hunt sometimes if you're looking at fan theories. I think, um, you know, if you look at how the latter seasons of Game of Thrones turned out, you can see that they're paying a little too much attention to some fan theories. And I don't want that kind of, for lack of a better word, pollution. Um, because it can really make you unconfident as a writer. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a few, though, that I don't think anyone sussed out quite yet. It, that's part of the fun thing about the interactions to me. Everything becomes novel. So when someone notices something that, like an inside joke or a little detail that no one else had brought up before, it can be really fun for me. Yeah, now we're going to have to do another reread and just every yeah. word you say will be overanalyzed. <laughs> yeah, sure, we, we will be Charlie Day with the board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good luck figuring out the what the red herrings are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, and then this one is from Rocket. Does Cavix carry Sophocles in a battle-proof baby Bjorn when it's time to fight? <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like that answer. That's a good one. <laughs> Uh, a, a suit observation. It would make sense since you know Victor has maternity armor. The Cavex would have Sophocles armor, right? I'm just thinking those like you know the cat backpacks people have. Yes, a little girl. can see outside. <laughs> Interesting thought. Little little duro glass <laughs> viewport. No, nah, no. So uh, well, I mean, here's the weird thing about Sophocles that I've never mentioned. He has opposable thumbs, so there's an area for him to shoot out of, right? 
Yeah. It's heard it here first. It's canon now. Yeah, it here first. Little Rocket the Rocket the Raccoon. Who's that raccoon in uh, Guardians? Is it Rocket? Yeah. 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 Fitting. No, Sophocles is a pacifist except against jelly beans. Oh, okay. oh, so he doesn't like jelly beans. He hates jelly well, beans. Je- jelly beans and and pachelbels, spybirds. Yeah, mm. yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, next one actually comes from me. Pax oh, yeah. and Helga. Can we get a little uh, elaboration? Um, we, we got a little bit in Red Rising, but. Well, let's just say, you know, certain characters, you meet them along the way and they feel like they have a lot of evolving to do. Like a lot of the characters are still boys. I'll just say that Helga made Pax a man. Oh. (laughs) All right. All right. We'll take that to the Rose Garden. Yep. (laughs) Well, you know, otherwise you get, you got, Eddie will get into a discussion of the physical limitations of being as big as Pax. And so he has to find a matching pair sense makes sense i'll yep. see i'll see everyone in the rose garden these questions guys <laughs> steer me away from perversity where are you guiding me why are you doing this it's you three it's you people in your flock i'm the innocent sweet one over here yeah oh, sure. okay. totally. you have written several and victra <laughs> no you know they they just um i feel like they 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 really just um write themselves oh. i hate it when authors mm-hmm. say that it just comes to you naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, completely different uh, is a question. My burden question is because mm. when I saw you for Iron Gold, I asked a question about dragons, and then we got dragons in Dark Age. So yeah. my question now is, which mythical creature does not exist in the Red Rising? Like, what what is the capacity of either the Carvers or they're at like, why would you need, let's say the Kraken, why would you make the Kraken or does the Kraken exist? So what does not exist? You know, what exists is as diverse as people's interests. And I find people's interests are quite diverse. Ergo, everything exists. Um, okay. Why wouldn't they? They'd be like, can I write a, a Scylla? You know, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, can I make a harpy? Right. I would say probably go- actual Gorgons do not exist. There we go. Okay. Right. Fair. But that, yep. you know, that was just a thinly veiled uh, shot at women 2,500 years ago. So yep. let's be honest. Misogyny <laughs> still exists in the Red Rising world. It's just not literal Gorgons. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. All right. So the Kraken exists then. <laughs> it could. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like right. what is this? It's like, it's like Schrodinger's cat, right? If it's not written... <laughs> If it's not said, it doesn't exist. But it's not said, it exists. Yeah. Okay. Salem, over to you. Next is mine. Um, All right. Um, So we know that Darrow shares your birthday. Um, What are some of the other characters' birthdays? (laughs) I don't know. It's in, it's written in a notebook around here somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even remember my friends' birthdays. Like I, I barely remember. Like it's a source every. It's a source of great woe. Like I, shit. I took my best girlfriend out on her birthday. Uh, did not knowing it was her birthday. Talked to her the entire night about uh my problems, and then when the bill came, it said uh 
like uh, we'll split it right like usual and she just burst out crying and said it's my birthday <laughs> <laughs> this is nine years ago and like weeks before her birthday every year she's like you know my birthday's coming up right so i rely on calendar reminders so i mean i i have everyone's birthday it's just i don't fucking know yeah i like fair it. enough <laughs> Some people, that's, that's, that question I don't get. Some people are so detail-oriented, like, like my sister. Like, how was your day? And she'll take me through the entire day. And she'll ask me, how was your day? And I'll be like, it was good. <laughs> or it was shit. And then she'll like, go into details. And I'm like, nah, I'd rather not. <laughs> like, I don't even understand why you'd ask that question. But I get it. I get it, because your brains work differently. But I, just don't, yeah. I would, it's wild. We're all so different. <clears throat> what's harry potter's birthday i missed that on a tribute july, july like, 31st uh, so you're that kind of brain huh is that your question that was it's, a test you failed it's my question it's just the day before question. nine i just know everything oh. <laughs> i do a lot of trivia that's why i know you a lot july 31st you said yeah yeah not to yeah. be confused, which J.K. Rowling's is also July 31st, but Neville Longbottom's is July 30th, just just for the record. Really creative of her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we've got another question from Valkyria. Hi, Pierce. Which character did you enjoy writing the most? Victor is always the one I never have to rewrite. Um, I always have to rewrite Severo. Not on the first one. First one, I didn't have to rewrite Severo. He was the most fun on the first one. And then people started liking him way more than I thought he would. they would. And so it became really important, important for me to not change him and make him like too much comic relief or, well, you know, alter him just to please fans or readers. Um, I'd say Victor because from the get, like I don't think I've ever had to rewrite much of what she said. Um, and I just, uh, also of all the characters, she was, at first I, I didn't understand her character. I, I wrote her actually as a, as a boy. And then, um, then I changed her, uh, as a girl and didn't really have to change her character. I didn't change her character at all. Um, I changed her sex, but I didn't have to change her character. And that's what I think is really fun. Um, cause that's how, often how I try to write women. I just try to write them, um, as if gender how to say it as if gender were like the the little eighth thing on their mind um as opposed to first so i think victor because she's just um how to say it unmalleable you know she declares what she is and she's really fun to write like because of that and so she, of course she can have subtext be behind that but um and uh, that's also fun to learn in the moment like how she would react to things um but i'd say her or uh, how does it? Uh, Ephraim was a lot of fun. Um, Ephraim was a lot of fun because he's he was kind of just like my more pessimistic id, you know. Um, it's like if I was, yeah, I always ask this question of friends: um, if magic, if you could choose between magic existing, and but you don't get to have it, like Harry Potter world existing, but you're not invited, you're a Muggle, or it not existing, which would you choose? And almost unilaterally, people choose. Uh, or un unanimously, people choose uh, they'd rather magic not exist, and that's how I always wrote Ephraim as like fuck, like you know, really cool being a gold, but I'm not one, so I wish they didn't exist. And uh, that was very easy to find his voice. 
Okay. This one is a three part because it's a long one. Um, and it's from Meringue. I'll take were there notes. any scenes you were looking forward to writing the most or anticipating readers' reactions? Um, in the original five, the reveal of reveal of Aries was quite fun. Um, I like the reveal of Aries. Oh, uh, my favorite to write was uh, Darrow seeing his mom again. Um, mm. Oddly enough, like the battle scenes can be cathartic, but usually I'm trying to keep track of so much stuff that it's it's difficult to enjoy it. Um, but the Dara's mom scene, I just knew exactly the beat I was going to hit that she recognized him without him having to say who he was. And even saying that now, like eight years after writing it gave me this weird, you know, that weird pump, like pressure you get in your chest before you're about to cry. It's just an emotion that really rings deep for me. So that one was really nice. And I never had to rewrite that scene. Um, I'd also actually for battles, the, the original iron rain in uh, golden sun, uh, I didn't really change that structure of that battle at all. I wanted it to be like like in a movie, as if you were steady, you, you were a single shot camming it with Darrow on the way down, um, and just seeing everything he sees in passing. It's all the stuff that had been mentioned, and I'd laid a lot of seeds for it before. Like the first mention, the Telemannuses, and I uh, say that they're uh, meant they're like basically bred to fall, to fall in an iron rain, and so it was this this thing that I I come up with that I didn't know if I'd ever get to use it because I didn't know I'd sell Red Rising. And so then getting to use it in Golden Sun um, when I was still a very young writer and knowing that uh, knowing that I had a world to build, to populate, that was really fun. So uh, the realization of an Iron Rain was great. And then um, I would say also, because there's quite a few that come to mind when you really think about it, I would say... Um, the Ragnar... Uh, death scene was really uh, important to write to me. Uh, like when he said, "I'll build a house for you in the Vale, but don't 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 hurry. I'm no builder." Yeah. It was like, "Oh fuck," you know, because it was just uh, I like it in a not in a story when the protector is taken away, you know. And the the, the thing was when Ragnar's around, Darrow felt so safe, and he hadn't felt that in a long time. And taking him away really challenged him and Severo to find the emotional light. Um, so that was a moment I was very much looking forward to. I'm not looking forward to writing. It just kind of it felt natural in the moment. Uh, I didn't plan to kill Ragnar there. But it felt very natural to let me introduce you to my people, then strip him away. And all of a sudden you're going to the home of a guy you loved and who's important to you and meeting his family who's scary as hell. And you have no basically no, no translator, you know. And his sister has been <laughs> taking a vow of silence to never speak until he returns and he returns and he dies and you're like covered in his blood. Like, what the hell do you do? Um, so that was a really fun scene to write as well. Part two. Side oh. question. Was Victor oh, beating the oh, shit out so of Antonia? At least a little therapeutic. The triumph of <laughs> Golden Sun. Sorry, the Golden Sun was oh, a lot of no, money. Like the triumph and Golden Sun. Because I originally wrote it, and it was a wedding, and I sent it to my editor, and uh, he was, you know, I knew it wasn't good, and um, then I had this burst of inspiration, um, borrowing from Rome the triumph side of things, and then writing that and sending it to him without explaining it and telling him it was coming, 
uh, my buddy Mike, who's one of my best friends, and when he read it, he just called me and he was like, holy fucking shit. Uh, you know, and that was so fun because I wrote it in one day and I was just like possessed. That was so fun. Yeah. Nice. And then also, then also uh, Darrow with the Drock and Jaegers or Jaegendrockers in uh, Dark Age uh, going through the flower Latfundias. Oof, that was fun. Just, you know, Alexander being by his side and like him seeing Alexander rising and, you know, uh, Darrow complimenting another guy and his, his, like a younger, someone he's taught, uh, how do I say it, uh, ability at war, you know, and then like, he, he, you know, then hammering the standards onto the Jägendrockers. I thought that was so cool. <laughs> I love it. I'll go on all day. I get really, yeah. <laughs> really into it. Yeah. That's the fun thing okay. about, um, that's the fun thing about writing is, is because basically like it's creating a world then asking people to come make it, help make it more real for you. So you end up being like a fan of the stuff itself, you know, like you hope it's good, but like you really don't know. You just get really excited about the moments, you know, and about the world trying to like, you know, almost like you're watching a movie in your head sometimes. Last other ones. Is that it? Hmm? Oh, oh the other question. Yeah. Did Victor beat yeah. the hell out of Antonio <laughs> sometime? Uh, I'm sure. Uh, you no, know, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Side read. question. Was Victor beating the shit out of Antonia at least a little therapeutic? For you to oh, write, yeah. I think, is the... For you to, yeah. For you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For me, right? <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, because until then, you just thought Antonia was representing that family, and you're like, what a broken family. And, you know, Victor is just, it's basically like, you know, 32 years of pent-up rage at her sister. Um, why are you like this? Um, yeah. yeah. Not, that I, not therapeutic in the sense that I want to hit my sister. Um, I gave her enough bloody noses when we were kids. I'm good on that <laughs> Poor player. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. My tormentor. Oh. All right, and then we've got a part three. And any scenes you were dreading or procrastinating to write? Mm. Um, I'll often procrastinate battles um, simply because there's so many ways to go about it. And it's, you know, the old Robert Frost adage two roads diverge in a wood, <laughs> you know, but the problem is there's, it's not two roads, it's 50 roads. And then there's 50 roads off each, each road and then 50 more roads. And you're like, what's the best way to do a battle and have the physical actions match up with the emotional, um, arcs and match up with the thematic arc. So how do you do all three of those things? Um, and so a lot of times I'll delay that. Um, and honestly, when I, when I, when I figure out a battle, cause all the violence in Red Rising hopefully is doing all three of those things at once. Um, that's when I really start understanding the book, kind of like laying a, like a flagpole in it and understanding it. Um, but often I'll procrastinate those battles cause, um, uh, I want it to be visceral. And I want you to understand what's going on. I want it to be big, but it also has to be immediate and first person perspective. So they're very challenging. Oh, also you have to be, you have to be interested in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I, I, cause I would just write, you know, I read like military historical, fic, military history and military historical fiction. So I just write something that's super interesting to like the type of people who read those books, but how do you get everyone in, into it? You know, I'll read like, you know, a thousand page book on Napoleon's campaigns. It's just like, and I'm curious about how much, you know, how many oxen it takes to feed a hundred thousand man army, you know? 
And that's not always interesting to most people. So it's like, you know, how do you, how do you boil it down to its essential elements and keep the book ripping? Okay. Next oh, one. Your question. This oh, one, no. this one's from me. Um, it's potentially a very fast question, potentially not. Okay. Uh, so you say, or Roke says that Daryl lost him when Quinn died. When does he actively start working for Octavia slash the society? Mm, let me think. Um, I'd say he started making inroads throughout the book. Uh, it's actually after Darrow um, sedates him um, at the gala. Mm -hmm. uh, when, that's when the emotional shift happens. Um, when Quinn dies, um, I would say that's how would I say it. Both of those moments combined really, really do it for Roke. Um, Roke might think that it's when Quinn died, but I think it's really when that was the blade. My toes are up. Um, I, I would say that how would I say it? just because a character says it doesn't mean it's true. Uh, my thing is, I think it was the violation he felt that Darrow would make a choice for him and think of him like that he has the jurisdiction to sedate him, you know, and to take over his autonomy. Look at Gold's, like, you know, Lysander's big thing is choice. You know, it's not that he has, it's that he needs a choice. He hates being a puppet more than anything else in the world. And why? It's because it robs him of his choice, his autonomy. Um, and they're so entitled, they think that, you know, that that's their natural God-given right. Now, of course, you know, we come at it from a different perspective, thinking it's all our natural God-given right or, you know, the... You know, constitution given right, but um, I'd say with Roke, it was really when Darrow did that. So I, I'd say that he was actively making inroads throughout the book. Um, yet I don't think he really moved on it until um, the uh, the 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 after the Wolf Rain, the Iron Rain on Mars, um, and that's when he became very active in it. So I think he was probably feeling it out behind the scenes, working contacts in my mind, working contacts that he had that were kind of, you know, deep aristocracy contacts or deep, I'm sorry, deep uh, peerless contacts and uh, wondering if he would have a home if he decided to go against Darrow, you know? Um, yeah. So for me, it's that, but then, you know, when he got that, so he already had that kind of in his mind, but the real thing that gave him the impetus to do the betrayal was the information from the Jackal uh, about Darrow's identity. And I think that's when he that's when he put the plan into action. But I think he was feeling it out like a loyalist, seeing if he had a home on the other side, and then kind of like also making sure that he you know, he doesn't want to die for the society. He doesn't want to if he doesn't have to. So he's making sure that he has a command in a place. It's funny going back over this because I you know I wrote that gosh 2015 14 yeah. Hi, How Eo. often? I, I know, you got to poop. Oh, Eo. You guys want to visit? Eo visit? Yes. Oh, They're going to get excited. They have bingo that. cards that people are playing bingo, and Eo is a bingo square. Is so she? she yeah. Yeah. Howl, howler pet. And the bow tie. Something. And bow tie. She dressed, up, she dressed up for you guys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she, <laughs> she won't wear clothing, but she'll wear a bow tie. Um. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. Oh if I put her God. in a sweater or anything, she will just freeze and not move out of protest for like an hour. She'll just stand there and you can leave her, go go have make a meal or something, come back and she's still standing there looking at you like you've you know burned her village. But the bow tie she likes. 
Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. In one thing, we get two things off the bingo card. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> what do you think, Eo? Fine. It's bogeys. Eo, what's your opinion on Roke? <laughs> She's pro pets. She's pro oh, yeah. getting pets mm. and strokes. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, her and Roke would have gotten along um, as long as uh, she didn't voice her red sympathies. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I like it. All right. He would have been more loyal to Roke than Amethia, is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> yes, very. Unless someone had treats. Fair. I think her favorite would have been Ragnar, I think, though. Yeah. It's been yeah, Ragnar Sophocles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then we've got. Um, could be a two part. We'll see. Um, so this is from Allegro. If you could go back and reverse any character's death, who would it be and why? I wouldn't go back and reverse anyone's, but if I had to, um, Tactus. It'd been really fun to see Tactus play against the Minotaur. Oh. And this, this question will always change. I've been asked that a bunch of times, and it's always changed. But Tactus now. I think for us... <laughs> For us, we had a really big discussion on Tactus when we were yeah? going through what the reread. Did you guys come up with a consensus? No. No, no, I don't <laughs> I think don't we know ever. That's, uh... <laughs> the Den has ever well, come up with a consensus on a no. character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So some people will never like Tactus um, yeah. because of uh, the things he's done. Um, other people want to see the best in people, and other people like having the bad guy on your side, um, you know? It's uh, it's it's an interesting one. It's kind of like Roke, except Tactus is a bit more obvious, more obviously grotesque, but probably better political leanings in the end. Roke, for instance, would you know, morally, pretty good, but uh, pretty shady when it comes down to his politics. Ask part right. two anyway. What do you think? Alternatively, if you could go back and change one character's death, who would it be and why? As in change the method. Yeah. 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 Um you know, it would I wouldn't this is that's it. Like um you can't do a perfect death for everyone. You also don't want to do a sniper's bullet out of nowhere or a bomb, you know, that out of nowhere. Because uh, while those things are realistic and uh, they don't feel satisfying, uh, I say I contemplate very hard how I'm going to kill characters. You know, like killing Vixis, for instance, uh, very quickly and like dismissively in the elevator for Darrow, the gravelet for Darrow, was very satisfying. So I wouldn't have him, you know, I wouldn't, well, you know, it might be fascinating to see him get eaten by pit vipers. I, w I would still have him killed dismissively in an elevator because that means more for his character. Uh, I think um, Lorne would be the one that I'd really want to milk. You know, so many consequential characters die in the triumph. And I, you know, in horror movies, I always get a little annoyed when they kill three characters in one scene because I'm like, ah, damn, then now we don't have more creative ways for people to die. Uh, it would have been really, while I think it was the best answer for it, for Lauren in the moment because it's it's about we don't get the catharsis for knowing how badass Lauren is we don't really get to see him in action 
I think that it would have been really fun to get to see him in action and him laying waste like, you know, an entire army basically or, uh, you know, 20 people or trying to. Uh, I still think that it does more for the story that we don't get to see that. And I think it does more for the, the myth of Lorne. Um, so, you know, but if I, if I had like a month to figure out Lorne's death, that would have been a fun one to see, um, him fighting Aja or even Darrow, perhaps, um, imagine if Darrow had to kill Lorne. Uh, I think those would be the interesting things to do. Like that's one, the one way I think I thought I was going to kill Lorne, um, for some time, not, uh, it was never decided. Um, but I I thought for some, some time that I thought Darrow was going to have to face Lorne and kill him. Um, and how difficult that would be for him. That'd be super interesting to see. Be super interesting, right? Yeah. 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 I feel like it would be like a 12 page fight scene. Basically. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think like the hope you have against Lauren is like, hope he gets tired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work like it used to. Mm, no. <laughs> And then our last, more longer-winded questions is one for me. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can say it, what is your favorite quote or line from Lightbringer? Um, Okay, here's one. See if I can remember it. Um, Victor says it. Uh, they come for our children. Don't fear for me. Instead, pity them. That's my favorite. Out for that one. <laughs> Approval, yeah. Crescent. Approval. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, that Victor moment was fun Not there yet. Yeah, that Victor moment was fun to write. Nice. I like it. I'm happy not to. All right. Not to react too hard. Yeah, Crescent yeah. is not allowed to react. That's always the rule because he's finished. Is he is not allowed to react in any manner. So, <laughs> all right, we are into the lightning round questions. And just before I get into this, chat, uh, who's just here? That's why I keep pointing there. Um, make sure you guys are figuring out a name. And I did see that we. D- do have three bingo winners and somebody has requested that I get confused in order to so that and I refuse to get confused so that person wins uh but we do have there are three bingo winners so congrats to them uh mm-hmm. so my question though and I don't know if you'll have an answer because you already said you don't know the dates of birthdays but people are wondering if there is a date of the golden sun gala like does it align with like Christmas New Year's anything like that there is a date uh I mean, it's in March. Uh, I forget the actual day. Um, I forget the actual day, but it's in March. I mean, it's a play on uh, the Ides of March. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ah. Nice. All right. Uh, Next up's from me. Uh, What's Felicia's family name? (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Felicia (laughs) Alfriday. Felicia Alfriday. Bye, dog. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh. That was like the first cool. That was like the first cool. Drink. 
that was the first cool movie I watched when I was a younger kid. When I was like, I was like, like you know, like I don't know, eight or nine or something. I don't remember what it was. Maybe eleven. I was watching that, and I'm like, man, I'm cool now. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just lucky that the meme came back around when oh, you were writing morning stuff. Oh, the meme, the meme was hilarious because I was like, I was there watching it on VHS. I was there when the deep magic was written. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I walked amongst gods. All right. Did like Kavix it. and Darrow ever go fishing? Did they catch anything or just a hangover? Um, <laughs> uh, Kavix probably taught some life lessons. Um, I imagine Kavix caught like 30 fish and Darrow caught none. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, and then uh, Darrow thinks like Kavix is somehow like cheating at fishing. Yeah. <laughs> And Kavik's it, like, there, there is still magic left in the world, you know? Would it change anything if Daryl was fishing by hand rather than fishing rod? I imagine at some point oh. Daryl's like, Daryl's like, fuck this, and goes down with his razor and kills, like, you know, 50 fish and comes right back up, and, like, dumps him on the boat, and Kavik just, you know, shakes his head at him and says, um, like, you're wasteful or something, you know? But I imagine that, or, or, like, you know, but then Severo's in the back of the boat and he throws a grenade overboard and kills, like, 100 fish, you know? <laughs> Dynamite fishing. Yeah. I was going to say, that's yeah. what I thought. Uh. <laughs> hey, there is some fishing in this in Lightbringer. I will, I will tell you that as a spoiler. Ooh, yeah. okay. Crescent can okay. your smiles, yeah. <laughs> Look at him, deadpan. Regular, regular silver over there, I love it. He's the complimentary to Skipper's Crazy, so... Yeah, I'm chaos, he's yeah. calm, so it works out. If it was the opposite right now, I'd be like, oh my god, like, <laughs> don't look at me. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Crescent Ow Tranquillus. Ooh. No, Ag, 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 ag yeah. Tranquillus. We had a lot of people in the den um, just sort out that the, uh, the name was the... Uh, oh. The periodic yeah, the elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was mind blowing yeah. for a lot of people. You won't you won't understand how happy I was when I was writing it to like figure that out to discover it. Like when I figured out like you know what do we call it? like how do I distinguish them differently? I'm like oh my god the periodic so table good. yes. And owls sounds so good and ag some of them are weird you know because there's not always a corollary so you got to find some. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it, it, oh man what a fun epiphany that was. So I was just like I'm a genius. Ma, oh, no one's done this. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Skipper, right. you're up. Your question. Oh, I'm up. Yeah. What character is your least favorite to write? Mm. Uh, Sefi the Quiet was hard because she had so much to say, but she's supposed to be quiet. And I was like, God damn it. So I'm just like, all right, Ephraim can critique this. Is that why you changed it, or not necessarily changed it, but made it so that quiet and wise are the same thing? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but she got the name when she was quiet. She just didn't stay yeah. quiet. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's like not that. technically inaccurate. It's just, you know, not necessarily relevant. Yeah. 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 That is hilarious. So that, Crescent, that's exactly what I did. Nice. Crescent has read the books or listened what? to the books, what, 20 times? Oh, I don't think it's quite yeah. that many, but it's it's easily okay. 10. 
Oh shit, man! Yeah. We might have to bring you in as a continuity editor for like for the next one, Red God. Man, uh, get at me! <laughs> I'm all awesome. for that. Yeah, yeah. Do you have my email? Uh, we'll I'm certain. I don't know. If, how do we communicate? Yeah, we communicate over Instagram. Best yeah, way I'll on Instagram. DM you on we'll Instagram. Cool. All okay. Right. That might be very easy for me. That'd be nice. There you go. And he's already, you know, he's already proved he's a he's he's a tranquil man. So it'll be good. Oh yeah. I'll just disappear hey, yes, from the, the other hand. You guys can't trust Skipper over there. Can't trust Skipper. No. That's why you're on the blacklist. Oh, listen. <laughs> yeah, that's the ongoing joke is in the den that I am li- like blacklisted and you were going to show up and be like, oh, not her. But I hang out too much with Sylvain Nouvel. So that's oh, where the Sylvain. issue becomes. <laughs> yeah. Man, Sylvain has gotten me so blackout drunk before. We so, you know, sleep, sleep um, no more in New York. Sylvain yeah. got me so blackout drunk and sleep, new, in, uh, sleep no more. Uh, and I was like drinking normally because I can usually handle my booze, but holy crap, that man drinks. Well, yeah. So me and him are good friends. I'm actually staying on at his house a week today. Oh, cool. Um, Tell him what up. Love him. Yeah, he wants to so do a Q and A with you as well. When I said that we were doing, oh, we got to, we got to do it. Yeah, we got but to. Salem got the privilege of coming out to drink when we were in Seattle. <laughs> so Apparently, that. I give the best hugs ever. Aww. <laughs> but then the next morning a very drunk Sylvan and I went out for dinner and we were wandering through Pike's place and he's like last time you I was here for dinner Pierce... the... okay, okay. Sorry. yeah yeah it's the next day and he's still hung over and he's like last time I was here Pierce got me so drunk and I was hung over and was blaming it all on you I and did. I said I was like and he was hung over this time and I was like well it's your own fault this time so I don't I believe I was, you yeah. for last time I thought I was, I thought I was, you know, uh, showing up uh, to meet Michael Jordan. So I thought he could ball, you know, he, you know, he, he put me to shame. Like, oh my, like that was, I threw up in a cab. I threw up in a cab. I had to catch it and throw it out the window. Literally terrible, terrible yeah. night in New York. Yeah. I was at sleep no more. It was awful. There was like people with masks around. It was very chaotic. So yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear he too can suffer. Yes. Yes, I have seen him hung over many a time, so uh, he has his limits. But we'll do a Q&A with him in which we can do full drinking if you are oh, up fantastic. to it. Oh, Because he'll be a mess and it'll be great. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. I'll go shot for shot with that man. I wish you luck. Yeah, but you don't know if, it, if mine's water or not. That's true. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Next lightning round question. Um, does Lilith Alpharon of course uh own the mine that dancer O'Farron is from mm-hmm. yeah um yeah family does part of the reason he was pretty easy for Ares to turn shitty mine yeah, yeah i believe that that makes sense yeah uh... she didn't she didn't get she didn't get to keep the fault name it's way too sinister so they kicked her back to her original name mm. like it all right. Um, which of your central characters do you know the least about? Steffi. I think that's why she was so hard to write, if we call her central. Um, otherwise, I think it would be Ephraim, because he's the oldest. Okay. Uh, where is June the Cuck during the second trilogy, or now quadrilogy? Uh, I, in my head, in my canon, she got, uh, she got killed in some iron rain along the way. Oh, no. oh June! June. She, she, she got she, cooked? 
And she got cooked. She got burned. Oh, no. Yeah. June also has a channel in our Discord. It's June's Kitchen. Yeah. A posthumous channel now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell everyone stop posting in memoriam. place. Yeah. In, mem- <laughs> in memoriam. Yeah. Yeah. The in memoriam per book is just hilarious. And then there's interstitial deaths. You know, it's a lot of characters to keep track of. And uh, yeah, my headcanon like is filled with so many deaths. You know, and so sometimes like sometimes I'm surprised. Like I'll look back at the original books and I'll just be like, um, who haven't I killed that I can bring back? You know, like Proctor Proctor yeah. Jupiter was fun to bring back in uh, uh, later on. So yeah. I like it. Put him up the same place I did, right in the ass. <laughs> Uh, next question. Will we see any direct representation of queer relationships from POV characters in the upcoming books? Direct representation? What does that mean? Uh, I believe like uh, Ephraim and Trigg. Oh, like so Ephraim like, and Trigg, so like, we, already, so, we already saw it? No, so... Like relationships. Yeah, like like POV characters in queer relationships. I believe is uh, I ma- I imagine I'll keep doing question. it Oh, I see. So, see more of, not like the yeah, first see time. more of. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, possibly. Gosh, I don't really think of it that way. Um, I don't think I don't. I don't replace Ephraim with another uh, uh, is it declared queer character. Um, so the characters we have are the ones we have. Um. So not from a first-person POV, I don't think, no. But I think that there's some mutability to, to uh, 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 sexual preference in the Red Rising world. So, you know, you, without giving you know spoilers away, there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes. But um, no, that wasn't uh, not the same not the same as we had with uh, Ephraim and Trig, though. No. All right. What was Nero's Institute House? Nero? Nero was um, mm-hmm. Jupiter, I believe. Um, and that goes toward his uh, feeling of uh, being just, you know? I think he's a very, despite being a villain, he's a very reasonable man. Um, and also functions according to, not honor, but his own sense of justice. Um, and I think that uh, that's part of why he can be so evil, is because he does believe he's just. Um, kind of like that that line um, uh, the Atlas says, I fear a man who believes in good because he can excuse any evil. Um, I think that, you know, Atlas doesn't believe good even exists. You know what I mean? Um, he doesn't believe evil even exists. He believes practicality exists. Whereas, uh, whereas Nero would uh, probably agree with that sentiment, but believe that justice does exist. I get all right. Have you developed any characters or plot lines that you decided to save for another book or series outside of Red Rider? Oh, all the time, all the time, yeah. all the time. My editor is literally laughing at me and say, "Like you don't have to do everything every book," because um, yeah. I'll just squeeze everything in. Because especially when they're written over a long period of time and you're pantsing, that's why I pants though, because you get epiphanies. And every time you have an epiphany, you try to take a story in a direction, you're very excited about it. And then you're like, fuck, I'm just like padding this thing out or taking away from the actual um, momentum of the book and the pacing. So all the time, so many. I have like book journals littered with ideas. 
Uh, this is a quick one. Are Holiday and Trig just brother and sister, or are they twins? Brother and sister, Holiday's older. Okay. Oh, interesting. That's why she's always felt very protective of him, you know, and he acts like a baby brother, and you see their dynamic. Um, and when he goes, Holiday becomes a lot less fun. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with Trig brought the fun and Holiday was down to play game with him. But with other people, she doesn't feel the same comfort. She has, in my mind, become less kinetic on page because of that trauma, you know, of losing her baby brother because she was supposed to protect him, you know. Um, in Golden Sun, when Severos shares a drumstick with Sophocles, what does he whisper to the father? I'll never tell. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Okay. All right, fan theories go off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like if I ever do like a Severo POV book, that's something you might find out. Would would you do it like I don't know. Kind of? I don't know. I don't know. Um Severo's enigmatic, I think I like um you know, another reason for the delay of this book is I wrote um 100 pages from Severo's POV and um ended up not using them. Um, they're pretty fucking cool, I think, but, uh, they didn't fit with the overall framework of what I was trying to do. Uh, he's very difficult because so much of him is, um, the walls he builds up, you know, and if you're inside all of a sudden then that can ruin the magic and I don't want to retroactively ruin the magic. Um, so I don't know. I might, might from a third person, actually, I might do like a third person, uh, story of Sebra. Um, but I wouldn't. I don't think I would do a first person. Uh, that is it for our lightning round. Now, being cautious of time, we know you've given us an yeah. hour. We do have very quick questions. Three That's of okay. them. Yeah, let's okay. go through it. Uh, it's fuck Mary kill. It is a classic game. <laughs> All right, I'm sitting. There. Pierce gets All up right. and leaves. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, my I'm, right. in. I'm, in. I'm in. I'm in. Ready? We played yeah. this. We played this. Oh. Was it Red Rising or Golden Sun during our reread? It was Golden and, Sun. And yeah, it was so Golden we played it during Sun. Golden Sun, and they had so much fun with it. So yeah, so it is becoming okay. a <laughs> favorite game. I should yes. more tequila. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mustang, Victra, Eo, and of course the kill is not just because you killed them in the book, but Mustang, Victra, Eo. Fuck Victor, Mary Mustang, kill Leo. That's yeah. That's but that's, I feel like I feel like that's predictable, you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 Right. I actually Daryl's... have a have an open Sorry, relationship with an open marriage with Mustang because <laughs> oh, so <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. spicy. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Hey, yeah. do we have to tag this Rose Garden chat now? Why are you talking about <laughs> yeah. pegging? You don't know what Victor and I get up to. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We really pegged that relationship. <laughs> um, all right. Darrow, Severo, Ephraim. Um, kill Severo. Um, uh, oh, no. Uh, uh, oh. Uh, uh, fuck Darrow. Marry Ephraim. Kill Severo. Yeah, Ephraim and I are going to have a great time. We're going to see the world. We're going to go on like pleasure cruises. Um, we're going to gamble. We're going to have a great time. So you're Daryl, saying, oh, it's so hard to be married to, you know? 
but um but he has the hell diver hands so you know (laughs) he has you know hence why i chose fuck him you know uh severo i'm really big about people being clean you know and i just don't know if i'd be able to get over it my sense of smell that's fair yeah that's fair that's true like I don't have very yeah, good eyesight, don't have very good hearing, but my sense of smell is very acute, and I would struggle with that. So yeah, entirely yeah. fair. It would be painless, <laughs> you know. It would be a painless death, my friends. Never would die painless. You <laughs> would never know what happened. I would snap my fingers like Thanos, and, and he'd be gone. And he's gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's gone. Power. No pain. Yeah. No pain. He's he's in the veil. He's in the veil, shagging yeah. sheep. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last one is. Clown, pebble, or screw face? Mm, okay. <laughs> Mary, clown. No. Mary, pebble. Fuck screw face. Kill clown. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Screw face has some, you know, you get to learn a bit more about screw face in this one. Um, minor spoiler. And, um, you know, he's got some, I think he's got some passion in him. Um, not to mention, in order to uh, infiltrate the Ash Legions, he had some body modification done. Uh, he's a pretty good-looking dude now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Clown, All right. Clown would, clown would just crack jokes, and uh, so I couldn't fuck him because you know there would be. Why well, I just feel confidence issues afterwards, and it'd be really depressing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like, what if he said something so ironic, and didn't mean it, but I carried that around for twenty years, you know, and. It really affected my self confidence. I couldn't. I couldn't take that. So he has to go. Yeah. Pebble, right. steady, calm, even. Love Pebble. Nice. The like the that. one thing that chat is wanting to know is what is it with hands and arms getting cut off? Oh yes. Yeah. Well, it's a practicality issue, to be honest. Uh, have you guys ever been in a sword fight? Like you know, screw down swords with your friends? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. your arms that get hit. Yeah. So it is. It is realistic. It is. It is what happens. It's because they extend out from your body. Your legs are your central axis. They're harder to reach. Um, so and also, if you take off a leg, then all of a sudden you have a mobility issue, and then all of a sudden you have a you have a logistics issue with how do you get them out if they survive. Um, so practicality from the writing standpoint, and up, and also what happens with you know, reality. and they're replaceable, but they're also you know painful, and it's also declarative. You know. Plus, you lose your head. Well, can't can't do much for you, right? Um, I also take eyes. I take ears. I take everything you can take. I've taken noses. I've taken ears. I've taken teeth. I've taken eyes. I've taken. I think I've taken. You've taken a lot of eyes. Yeah. 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 You know. Speaking of, how many <laughs> how many eyes does Severo have in his collection? Oh man, by now, who knows? Um, <laughs> He would never tell, you know, it's in his, it's in his creepy little apartment. You'd have to really get through some traps to find out. Yeah. <laughs> oh Unfortunately, he didn't get the set from Pliny. Or he did, actually. Yeah, he got the set. He did. He I did. was going to say, he, would he, he definitely would have stayed in that room. Oh, yeah. I think he did, didn't he? Did I write that? Did he stay in that she room? She gave uh, it to it's, him. It's, she gave him the first no, one. She gave him the first one. Then he the said, I'm but gonna, Darrow doesn't turn set. back because he knows how razors sound when they kill. And that's it. That's it. In, yeah, see, that's when I talked to you guys earlier about things I've ri- th- I wrote in <laughs> that didn't make it in the final drafts because there's so many permutations. I think mm-hmm. there was like one where Severo slipped into the room, like behind it, but it doesn't end as declaratively. You know what I mean? So you have to have that chapter out. 
So yeah. it's like sometimes you have to sacrifice those cute moments. But yeah, he's definitely snuck back in for sure. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, that is all our questions. Other Did the than chat come up with a name. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll have to really we'll have distracted to wait on... halfway through <laughs> yeah. because they went back to Bard. I'm waiting. I don't know if Drillbit. Drillbit is kind of our official namer. If he he's is our master in... namer. Yeah, drill, Drillbit and Rooftop. The two. Oh, they're saying Barbarian. But I think you're getting stuck with Bard. My mess with success. I mean, that was. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, and I love a pun. I mean, I pummel people with puns. Yeah, they're yeah. Don't say pummel people. people. Yeah. Pummel people. I pummel uh, people with puns. My last thing is: Did you ever check your PO box? Because we mm-hmm. sent you. Yes. Yes, I do have it. I have it. Over, I have a copy um, as yeah. well. Yeah. I did. It was really lovely. Thank you, guys. There's two treasured possessions I have. One is the 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 paperback of Red Rising that got mailed around, and everyone put their little missives in it. Are you guys yeah. were you guys part of that at all? That's Ryan's copy, right? Right. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. 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 Yes. 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 And yeah, and so it's got like you know 60 different howlers scrawling in it. Yeah. And so I have those two books together. Yeah. It's very special. Thank you, guys. It's weird seeing 35 on like. I know. Well, okay, especially because we were like, it's Uncle Narrell, and we didn't even connect it, and someone else was like offended of like the old and tired at 35, (laughs) and we're like, hold on. So old, so tired. I know, I know, pretty freaking bizarre. Yeah, and it's like, man, yeah, it's it's strange. Especially like, you go into COVID, then all of a sudden everything feels like it's in a time warp, you know? Yeah. Everything feels faster, yeah. yeah. The shortest, longest three years ever. Right, and th- I'm also now older than Harrison Ford was in uh, the first Star Wars. Oh, don't and say so, that. Yeah, oh. he was thirty. He was thirty thirty six in Indiana Jones, <laughs> and it's very strange getting to those ages because you know you have these kind of like icons of you know whatever it yeah. is to be a man or to be a woman, and then you get to that age and you're like, holy, whoa, yeah. What am I doing with my life? Not flying a Millennium Falcon, yeah. Oh, um, it's yeah. funny. Oh, but thank attitude. you guys for saying that. Very yeah, no that attitude. <laughs> Uh, but thank you guys. It's very considerate of you. And uh, it's fun getting to join these little uh, groups. Um, especially, you know, I did the Sons of Aries Discord as well and want to do your guys's. It's what makes the books feel more real. Yeah, I, I say this this metaphor, maybe an anal- analogy all the time. As when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was build forts in the woods and then drag my friends to go play. And the more friends I had, the more real it felt, either playing Lord of the Rings or, you know, Medieval Siege or whatever. And that's how these books feel. Um, and that's how I feel like in some ways I'm a fan of them as well, because, you know, we each hold them in our heads, you know, and then it makes it, uh, it's kind of like, uh, well, it's how literally how religion starts, you know, but it's getting to go to that special little world together and I really appreciate you guys' interest and love of the books and so fun to see your own community spring up from it. Well, thank you for writing them and join, like yeah. making this community happen. It's, My it's amazing. Pleasure. Yeah, we wouldn't have made these friendships without your writing. So. No, it's so it's so cool, isn't it? You know. <laughs> well, yeah, like to tag on, like, so I I know the Twitter group, and then into here. So my best friend is because of Red Rising. Living in Chicago, I'm Toronto, right? Like I travel all mm. around. Just saw Carrie, who accidentally drank your beer one time. Oh my god, like, I, I remember that. Yeah, I was like so deep into like the tour, trying not to get sick. She drank my beer, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she retells it that you were a bad pour 
but uh, anyway, and now I've met Salem, I've met Crescent, and just the real life uh, friends that are coming out of this is just absolutely amazing. Sylvain is only because you blurbed his book, and is now one of my oh, no friends. Like, That's yeah. so fun. Yeah. I love it. I love it uh, how people come together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, so, thank you guys thank for having me. For thank that. you, uh, yeah. everyone else. Thank I you for get coming to, on. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to they're see all chat. Thanking you so much. Um, yeah, it will be live. Some of them are crying. YouTube, if you ever want to watch yourself <laughs> back, yeah, there is some. He's gonna make us cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In this next book, you. I will. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> guys, love you. See you. Yeah. Hail Reaper. Hail Reaper. Hail Reaper. Bye. Bye. Uh, how do I turn it off? Uh, at so the bottom, no! there's a there's a red button. There's a red, red button. <laughs> oh, sure I'm gonna just fade us to, to black. If I didn't I was know gonna it say was fade us to black. Fade us to obsidian. Yeah.